0: so what i really want to focus on is that main image to begin with is going to win you that click so first and foremost obsess over it and when i say obsess over it, i mean try loads of different things have a
1: real good look at the search results page to see how you can differentiate Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the ad project podcast as always i'm joe shellard from ad advance as your host today i'm joined by george reed um, george has got a lot of cool stuff to cover for us so george I'm, i'll just kick it over to you kind of give us a quick introduction and yeah walk us through what you want to cover
0: Sure. So obviously, this is the 53rd time we've recorded this through to technological (laughs) challenges. but That's fine. I should be bloody good at the old intro now. So my background is I worked at Amazon in the UK with some of the strategic sellers for a number of years, flipped across onto the consultancy side about three, three and a half years ago, now help brands with advertising, but I've also spent a lot of time on the educational piece, taking them through A to Z sort of thing but our bread and butter now is the advertising and then just like creating a lot of content I like to see my role in this Amazon world is essentially just to go out and learn and read and consume and then just share my thoughts and what I'm consuming which is quite a simple enjoyable role
1: And it was really, I I was excited to have you on the show too. For anybody who follows George, you'll probably note that I I love some of, you you can be blunt at times. You can get a lot of contrarian comments and everything too, but it's it's always awesome to see. It's a great outside perspective on, you know, think through some of these items and you're not just going to get, you know, the traditional like talking points and everything too. So that's what's fun is, I don't know. I like how I say how it is many times.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of noise in the Amazon world, isn't there? There's certainly an echo chamber. You and I are uh, definitely part of that as well on, on LinkedIn and other platforms. I think it's good just to have a different voice and look at it from a different angle. Try and be honest, even if that means being brutally honest. That doesn't really concern me. And whether that means me having a dig at Amazon on a weekly basis, then, <laughs> then that's life. Because they're not perfect and you can't always look at, look at it through rose-tinted glasses.
1: Yeah. So one piece that I'd love to you to kind of walk through, and I saw the post that you recently did on this too, It's just walking through kind of the different stages of the the pyramid as you're going and looking at your business. So kind of walk us through that structure, how you refer to it and kind of walk us through the different stages really where you feel like Amazon sellers Mm -hmm. should be putting their key focus.
0: Absolutely. So the strategy you're referring to, I labeled the mountain strategy. It's a bit of a corny name, but it is what it is. I've kind of had this in my head subconsciously from my time at Amazon. I labeled it a few years ago. The premise is quite simple. You've got a pyramid with three layers, the bottom being operations, the middle being brand, the top being advertising. The idea is you can't ascend to another level until you have completed the level you're currently on. So when we start at the operational base, what we're really looking at there is whether or not you're prime eligible with your with your selection and whether or not you can stay in stock. So we're looking at Centerful Prime and FBA, and then we're looking at just good operational capabilities to stay in stock. They're your two pillars. There's other cute things that go into that, such as what are you doing with your packaging at the start of your operations to ensure it's very good at the end but that also blends into the branding piece, which I'll come on to now. So once you've nailed that, you can then look at the branding. And when we think about branding, I always say brand touch points, the different touch points where we're interacting with a prospect or an existing customer. On Amazon, the biggest ones which are gonna impact conversion rates are obviously that storefront and the listing. So when I say those touch points, what I'm essentially saying is, what content can we go and create both written and as well as graphics, to help convert or increase that conversion rate. And we can dig into more components of it later on. Once we've nailed that branding piece, our conversion's really strong, we're now and only now in a position to go on to advertising and start paying for traffic. So that's where your speciality, Joe, is we're going to start pushing the Amazon advertising, but we're also going to be leaning on other channels as well. It's always good not to have a single point of failure, in my opinion. So we're looking at social advertising and we're looking at leaning on our email list. But we're doing this and we're paying for traffic only when we're very confident that we can option B, you know, convert those customers and option A there with the operations, fulfill those orders. And it has to work in that order because a lot of people, they would jump from putting their resource and their energy into ads and they'll be like flying traffic towards their listing, but it's not actually converting that well or couldn't be converting a lot higher. So therefore there's lots of wasted spend they're feeding the algorithm bad data by saying we maybe not be as relevant as we say we are and that just doesn't allow you to create sustainable success in the same token you could have the best brand and the best ads in the world the content could be unreal but from an operational perspective you go out of stock all the time so you just kneecap any momentum that you start to build
1: Yeah, yeah. And I love the strategy and just kind of the structure to think about your account as a whole, because we see so many people who jump into selling on Amazon and immediately they want to ramp up advertising. And just like what you said, like we could have the best advertising strategy in the world, but if you don't have those other two pieces, the mountain built up that top is going to come crashing down if you don't have the stock obviously you cannot sell through advertising or if you've got advertising rolling and you're going to run out of stock like that doesn't make sense either or if you don't have the brand built up where you're converting like your competitors are um, you're going to be wasting a lot of cash on advertising itself so i love the structure and fully agree we screen out so many people who come to us originally like tenage their ads because they're not quite ready for it. Cause these other two pieces of the mountain aren't built up. So mm-hmm. those are, those are the areas I'd love to focus with the on. So for that bottom area, so FBA and FBM kind of walk us through that strategy. I know we've covered it a bit, but want to get your take on that. And then just general operational stain and inventory. What's some key recommendations that you have when you're working with sellers?
0: I think everything got thrown up in the air a little bit with with COVID kicking off on that fulfillment piece. You're in a position where you could send as much as you possibly wanted to Amazon and forget about inventory. That was was the glory days, maybe not the glory days of six years ago when you could throw anything online and make a million in your first year. But there were still glory days in perspective to what we're seeing now with inventory restrictions, which is creating a lot of headache across the board globally that's not going to be solved in the next few years they're doing some cool things in amazon uk with a new program essentially like a franchisee sort of program to get mini fulfillment centers out there but we're still a long way away so what this means is you're not getting the adequate number of stock you would like to make your operations easy so you can stay in prime at all times So what you've got to do is just almost accept this as a fact rather than bitching and complaining about it like most people do to be on the phone you've got to go what else can we be doing and that is obviously your fbm offer so one can we be utilizing three pls particularly in the us they're kind of your best friend um to go let's get stock in quickly when we do have an opportunity and remove that headache away from you so you don't just forget to do it or your team isn't quite sure how to do it quickly and getting stock into Amazon, but also you have the option to fulfill yourself and then having those multiple SKUs, one FBM, one FBA SKU, so one Prime, one Merchant Fulfilled. So if you ever do drop off on the Prime, it does happen, then you're getting taken over immediately as your Merchant Fulfilled goes live. So any traffic you're driving is still actually able to be converted and you obviously need to tweak your advertising accordingly. That's a good rule of thumb that a lot of people are aware of, perhaps aren't quite as sharp on it. With regards to other operational pieces, I think, you know, I did a good podcast with Francois Jeffries a while ago on my pod about supply chain. And a lot of that operational piece starts early on. I have conversations with the founders where the packaging is already sorted and they, they haven't actually thought about the unboxing experience. And that unboxing obviously... It's an operational piece because you can't change it. It's not something you change, you know, three, four times a year on the fly. You've got to be thinking at that early stage what inserts are we putting in? What do we want this experience to be like? The first impression, that touch point, the first tangible touch point they have. What is that? Um, and having that conversation, that thought process early on when you are going through the operational process of what is our packaging? What is our insert? What is our unboxing? It kind of blurs the line between the two, but it's something to be aware of because once it's in, you're then not able to go. Oh, we want to put some inserts into it now. It's not as clean as that. And obviously, inserts are a big piece at helping drive that recurring revenue, help you win customers, help you raise brand awareness by people sharing. Um, lots of kind of juicy benefits there. So that tackles the operations. Any any questions on yeah. that? Yeah. It-
1: yeah. And, and so, I mean, just to reinforce a couple of points, I think having the flexibility between FBA and FBM is so huge. And especially over the last year and a half, we've just seen the impacts of that. And personally, what I've seen more too is like back in the day, you go out of stock and you could come back in stock and kind of pick up where you left off. But recently, we've been seeing so many cases where somebody has so much momentum. And then they go to stock because they can't send inventory into Amazon's warehouse. And then once we get back in stock, that momentum is just completely gone. And it's almost like treating it like a new product launch strategy. I, have you seen the same thing?
0: Yeah, it's, it's quite funny. Like if, I used the app for a long time, Keeper K-E-E-P-A. And it was a simple app, which would plug into your ASIN. And you could just see where, like a friend of mine's ASIN, he had a very successful workout log. And you could see the sales rank just getting stronger and stronger and then plummeting. And then it would build up again, no doubt, but it would be a three, four-week period where during that period, because we manage these ads as well, you had to bid a bit harder. You had to pay a bit more because your sales rank wasn't as strong for those keywords. So you had to work harder for that period as you built back up. And you may never get there. But when when I say working harder, that essentially means it's just costing you more money because you're paying more, but it's also costing you money as a business because you're not making the sales you were before when you would achieve that organic ranking across those key search terms of yours. So it really does kneecap you. And that is why it's the operational base, because without that, it's difficult to create sustainable success as in consistent, predictable revenue that's growing each month and absolutely right. That momentum piece is, is huge. It's why, you know, when we talk about Amazon giving you a bit of a up with the halo effect in the first circa 14 days, they like new selection. They give you a hand. Really capitalize on that, that little boost they're giving you because you're not going to get it elsewhere. Same principle sort of applies. If you get any momentum, it's so powerful to kind of cling on
1: to it, basically. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And just one other note too. like, so Amazon's had to limit inventory coming in. And I mean, the core issue is actually a really good issue for e-commerce sellers. It's because sales on e-commerce have just picked up so much that their warehouses can't handle the demand. Um, mm-hmm. so that's great, but obviously it constrains sellers quite a bit. So I think key thing that George is hitting and I definitely agree is just having that optionality and that flexibility. We know what the world's going to throw at us going forward, but having both the FBA and FBM SKUs available so you don't go to stock and lose that momentum is really huge. Yeah.
0: And, and those that are able to be a bit scrappier, jump on things quickly. Um, i obviously going to capitalize there as well, but yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. So walk me through, all right, we've got the inventory stock now operationally we're set up and we're, we've got the products available and we're ready to handle it. Um, really excited to hear your take on conversion rates and personally super passionate about conversion rates because Again, with the best advertising strategy in the world, if you don't have a product listing, that's going to convert. Well, it's going to be a struggle to make it. So this is really, really critical. So walk me through, you're looking at a product listing. What are the key things you're looking at? What do you recommend points?
0: I mean, it comes as no surprise that a man in advertising likes conversion rate. It does make the team look better. If the advertising is firing to a page that converts, we look like we're doing a great job. So I'm not surprised there. I think the first thing to be aware of is what is that big pillar that you care most about? And for me, that's always the main image. Because if you've got the best A-plus page in the world that you spent whatever, like two grand on, I've heard some people charge, that's great. But if no one sees it, it doesn't matter. So what I really want to focus on is that main image to begin with is going to win you that click. So first and foremost, obsess over it. And when I say obsess over it, I mean try loads of different things, have a real good look at the search results page to see how you can differentiate. I know through SEO, were introducing things where there we go and we actually just changed the packaging because sometimes the packaging was just shit so it didn't work against the the kind of the, the rest of the shelf so therefore we needed to do something different to stand out and that sometimes means just starting again with the packaging obviously they've got the funding to do that it's not an option for everyone but with that main image best practice would obviously include removing the white space no one likes it kind of fill that image as much as possible. Um, looking to use and it's a gray area looking to use overlays where you can in the consumables category I see it a lot where people have made their packaging and they haven't thought of what this would look like from a digital perspective so therefore protein bars for instance one of the things I care most about is the of protein I don't actually care about the sugar content other people care more about sugar depends the type of brand you want to focus on but time and time again I see protein bars not highlighting that key selling point for me when I'm scouring the shelves or the digital shelf which is how much protein is in it like eight grams four grams if they say a percentage I just ignore it because it's irritating and that is feedback you could take on board as well when we think about the digital perspective and you're scrolling through the search results page are those key points visible within the image within your packaging if they're not you're almost not solving that customer's problem or question within the kind of point where you're going to get the click. If you do solve that, you're going to get the click. The same, we worked with a female healthcare brand recently, and they didn't specify the the quantity. So the person had to kind of play the maths game in their head, look at the copy and the title, look at the price and try and kind of build it together. If it didn't have the price per X, which some of them don't, So having that information front and centre on your main image is really powerful. If you don't have it on the packaging already, looking at an overlay, if you can trick the algorithm, I recommend trying because I don't think that the punishments are that tough right now. You may get kind of a hand slap, but you're not going to get suspended. It's worth kind of trying to be a little bit cheeky and then them saying this isn't a very good front image, please remove it and you remove it, fine. Because an overlay isn't allowed, but if you layer over the image itself so it looks like it's part of the packaging you can get away from it but mixed reviews in europe i've heard different things of people getting suppressed quite quickly another i heard recently from a chap at unilevo's head of their kind of digital advertising or digital kind of storefront is if you have a, a long image whether it's they do a lot of shampoo bottles perhaps don't look to have the whole image in there because that creates loads of white space to the right and the left of it Try chopping it in half and just creating kind of a top version of it. So therefore, it's more of a square image. And that is obviously going to look more, stand out, more of a presence on the experience when you're scrolling on that search results page. And it's also a little bit different. All of this then comes back to experimenting. So utilizing tools like Pick Food to Go, I don't know what's going to work perfectly, but I'm going to ask. Or, you know, the brother's got a very successful hair care brand at the moment, and they've got a monstrous Facebook group. So just ask your customers, what are you more like to click on? That's real hard data from your target prospect. Pick through perhaps can be, it's all American data firstly, so you're not getting European insights, and that could impact the quality of the results. But split testing is, is
1: one there. So that's the main image. Sure. Um, and, and one piece that I want to add on too, that I've heard you say before, is that when you're looking at a listing. You just ignore all the text and you scroll down and just look at all the images and see, do I get, do I, do I know what, do I understand the product itself just by looking at the images? And after you said that I went back and kind of looked at how I I just analyzed how I'm scrolling through different product listings. And I'm an engineer, like I'm probably Mm -hmm. one of the most detailed people, like in terms of like types of people out there. I found that for most products that I look at not reading anything other than what's on the image. I'm scrolling through pretty quick. I may go to the reviews at the end and check out the first review, but everything else is so image based. And so I love that, that folks that you have on the images itself. I realized, I didn't realize how I was actually shopping until you said that. And I take, kind of took a step back at how I look at these things. So I, that, that was a key takeaway for me there. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a good rule of thumb. When you look at your listing now, and every single person can go do this. Cover up the text and pretend it's not there, the title, the bullets, the description. Do you have enough information to make a well-informed decision? If you don't, you're not doing a good enough job right now. Pretend the text does not exist because it really doesn't for a lot of people. Solve the problems with the images. Invoke the emotion with the images. Create the rich lifestyle experience with the images which paints a picture of a life with your product. That is what's going to actually help drive conversion rates. The text is a keyword game, admittedly, but it's something you've got to do, but it's becoming less and less important.
1: Sure, sure. So after you've nailed the main images and kind of done the review, looked at the images as a whole, are there any other key pieces that you focused on in terms of conversion rates to try to maximize that? Yeah, so I think a good rule of thumb when it comes to your content on Amazon is it needs to have the
0: same theme to your site and your social pages. It needs to be consistent. Too often we see this where there is a divide between the content you're producing on Amazon and the content you've got on your Instagram or the content you've got on your website. And that can come from fonts to color schemes. Most people, even monstrous brands, it's disgusting to see given the budget and the resource they have. They'll upload like plain text stuff on their storefront and you're like, well, that's not your font. There is, there's just a bit of friction there from someone sure. discovering your brand on social media perhaps and coming onto Amazon, and there's just a little bit of friction. It just doesn't feel nice. Whereas if you're consistent with the colors, the fonts, the palettes, the tone, like how you communicate, the the big terms you use, there needs to be that consistency. I spoke to a guy called Judson Morgan, who's a great bloke when it comes to this. He talked about running everything through your brand filter, Like when you have filter coffee, I don't do this, but you have that kind of like papery bag thing and you pour the coffee beans in the thing. Run everything from a content perspective through your brand's filter. So when it comes out the other end, it's very much your brand. And if you just see a corner of an image, you know it's yours and so does a customer. And that's what helps just build that brand moat slowly. Other pillars are those infographics are key. You know, loads of examples at the Amazon Creatives Facebook group, and we've got an archive as well of a great infographic that solves the problems. But again, keeping it on brand. The lifestyle, as I mentioned, your future pacing that person to a life with your product in mind. If you want great examples of this, the consumables category, the grocery category is fiercely competitive. They do a good job. Yeti do a great job. We've discussed this before where I've never climbed in B.C., British Columbia, but when I see the picture of someone holding the Yeti mug in British Columbia on the mountain, you're you're almost there a little bit yourself, and you think, this is a psychological thing, it's not me talking shit, you think that yeah. you're already there, you've already experienced it, so if I go get this item, I'm halfway there, and you get that endorphin hit, and that's what you're chasing with those lifestyle images, if you look at yours and you're a little bit like, yeah, then perhaps more work needs to be done,
1: Sure, I love that. So you know, we we've hit on the conversion side. So first off, just work walking up the mountain. We're walking up the mountain in British Columbia <laughs> right now with their Yeti mug. So we've got inventory in stock. We've got our optionality from FBA, FBM. We've got a really good converting page now. We've got images that drive emotion from the traffic side. So there's obviously Amazon advertising, but any other methods that you look at to now. We've got this great converting listing do we get more traffic to it i think a lot of
0: people can get obsessed with one traffic channel you know we've been burnt before as a business when we obsessed over facebook advertising we got banned but then it was all over and we were like oh shit like we've got no more traffic right <laughs> if you're amazon advertising and you're solely reliant on that for traffic to your page and that goes tits hits up because of a competitor or lots of competition the cpcs go up and it's not profitable or as profitable or you're not good on the back end so you can't make it profitable then you're in a bit of a pickle so the good rule of thumb is not to rely on one which i appreciate isn't an option for everyone because of budget constraints but to be aware of others so i always think when i'm having conversations with people what are you doing on social advertising amazon's algorithm loves it when you drive external traffic So driving stuff from Facebook and building up that funnel for you a little bit, even if it's not perfect or as profitable, you're building up something there. So you're not reliant on one. Sending that external traffic is very powerful. Amazon attribution allows you to track it quite well right now, which is tricky with Facebook on on Shopify right now. But a lot of people are too afraid to use some of their free or organic assets. So I've spoken to people with email lists of 30,000 who never send it to Amazon. They're like, oh, we won't make as much margin there. I'm like, who cares? That's where the customer wants to buy. This doesn't matter sure. about your margin. It comes yeah. to where they actually want to buy. So if you're creating friction by asking them to buy in your Shopify store, where they have to input their card details again, for instance, the, um, the conversion rate is obviously going to be much lower. Don't be afraid to utilize your list to send it to Amazon because Amazon love it firstly but also you're going to get a spike in conversions you can ask them to do cute things like a search find buy as well because you own the audience you can go listen just search protein bar then our name and this is what you're looking for go buy it there we've just launched on amazon we'd love your support and good customers will go will go do that and you obviously get the sales rank boost for that key term as well and you can split your email list up accordingly with different terms and experiment with that people are too afraid to do it but ultimately it always comes down to what is your long term goal on Amazon? Do you want to be ranked number one for those key search terms and be the top 10% of sellers for that category? If yes, utilize your assets rather than focusing on short term goals of profitability on your website. And I think that is always missed. On top of that, another brilliant one is like a brother, great example with this hair care brand he's got. They've got 1500 people in a facebook group right now active community that is growing monstrously each month using that he's about to launch an amazon to catapult your amazon so on day one when you launch a new product you're not relying on right guys let's slam amazon ads and spend a fortune we want to get that pumped up you've got other things to rely on so he can go we're launching on amazon you can get guaranteed next day delivery in the uk Go buy it now and they go, brilliant, I'm excited about the hair oil, off I go. And on day one, you've got sales through the roof and the algorithm at Amazon is like, this is fantastic. Let's give this visibility. Let's give it cheaper clicks because it's relevant. So, I guess the rule of thumb is don't have a single point of failure.
1: I want... I love it yep and amazon's even incentivizing this now for diving external traffic onto mm-hmm. the site too it's a key focus for them too it's great for them and if they can make it cheaper for us to do even better yeah, yeah. so george uh, awesome insights thanks for walking us fully up the mountain uh, and it, it's a great building blocks to, to really think through your business and until you get past the operational side and the branding side like George said, and we completely agree, Like it's not time to focus on the advertising or other external traffic sources yet. So yeah, for G- George, for anybody who's looking to listen to more of your information or follow you, where, where should they go? For
0: active stuff, LinkedIn is the one for me. And then from a blog perspective, it's just georges.blog. You'll find everything you need to know about me and what I'm doing there.
1: Sure. How about the podcast too? Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're making me plug my own show. I'm too modest. Yeah. It's so good. we've got the podcast as well. It's always day one. Um, we focus on a rare topics like I've discussed today. And you know, we've been very fortunate to have some brilliant directors at Amazon come on, and VPs at Amazon come on, and uh, as well as some people from outside the Amazon ecosystem, whether that's email, social, graphic designers, just to think about it from a different angle. So it's always day one there.
1: Sounds great. Yep, so definitely check out George's stuff. Hey, it was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for joining. Cheers, mate. Have a good day.